Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 6, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 95, and we're paragraph 3. Today's readers are... Larry K., I'm sorry, Janice B. for the 12 Steps, Joanne L. for the 12 Traditions, Larry K., Terry H., and Angela D. The share ID for yesterday, our special edition meeting of Sunday, July 5th, 2015, is 7802. That's 7802. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth edition states, that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 steps. Start one, please, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Janice B., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Um, One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, made a decision to... I'm on my... My phone and I just lost <laughs> just lost the pages. Um, made, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
can continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Yes. Well, thank you, Janice. Okay, I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everybody. This is Joanne L. from New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Joanne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, Pardon me, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, 
everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 95, in paragraph 3. Um, I will now ask, I'm sorry, I will now ask Larry Kay to please begin reading. Janice, good morning. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go with that. Okay, so, you know, here in, in that commenting on the, on the second paragraph that I read, you know, I, one of the words that, that pops right off the page for me is this, this word monopoly. Um, and a monopoly is uh, like an exclusive possession or, you know, if I had control of the supply. Well, I, I, we have no monopoly on God. I, I have no, no possession. I don't possess God. I suggest to you that God possesses me. But I have no control of that supply. And my only aim is to be of service to God today and, and, to, and to those about me, to my fellows. So what really in this paragraph, you know, what I'm trying to do is, I, I'll tell you what I'm not trying to do. I don't want to alienate someone by criticizing their viewpoint. I simply speak about, you know, what approach finally worked for me. And it talks about that. You know, we, we merely have an approach that worked with us. And, and there's a lot that we have in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go with that. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm not on commission here. You know, finding a higher power gave me ultimate freedom you know, from the bondage of food. And that is as miraculous today as it was when it first happened to me. You know, and, and if every, it's interesting, if everyone on this line somehow abandoned this program, you know, if everyone gave up on this spiritual approach to freedom, you know, it wouldn't change what God did for me. You know, even if I couldn't get on the vision line and share with everyone and, and learn from everyone, you know, it wouldn't change the, the merciful gift that was provided for me. And there was a cost, because nothing's free. The cost to me was, was very destructive. It meant the destruction of my ego. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I know of a devout atheist who is still convinced that, you know, uh, she's a scientist, and, you know, this notion that an, an omnipotent God you know, that created the universe and plans what happens is, is really incompatible with science. But it's interesting, too, that through this program, she found a God that comforts and empowers her. You know, she found something worthy of the name God. And she's told me that just as, you know, an anthill emerges from the collective behavior of individually, you know, clueless ants, God, she believes, is an, an emergent phenomenon. 
you know, that arises from every individual. You know, she found a God that could be real for her, a higher power that could be real for her. There was no convincing on my part. And once she had the desire to see the program through in the face of skepticism, in the face of distrust, she realized that each individual is responsible for finding that connection with God, that emergent phenomenon. She came to the realization that if she wanted her connection to God to feel real, she would have to willingly accept her own complicity, you know, her own involvement, her own participation in her character flaws. So those, those self-centered behaviors you know, that kept her blocked off from experiencing this larger emergent reality, that is how she discovered how to feel connected to God, how to cultivate a connection to God. So I don't have to convince anyone, you know. Um, we just had something in common. I shared what worked for me. And for her, an atheist, God emerged from her aspirations. So she had to embrace aspirations worthy of the kind of God she wanted to see in her life. And once she did, the cynicism, the skepticism, the distrust that was a barrier to finding God that she, you know, a God that she could accept, um, she was able to do that through this practical program of action. So I encourage people to follow their own conscience. I know what happened to me. If it's going to happen to them, I don't have to convince them. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Larry. Okay, uh, we're going to open up the floor for comments on that last paragraph, if he thinks he can do. Who would like to Charles do? H. from New York. Oh, sure. Okay, I hear Charles H. Nessa. Yes, Nessa. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and? Mary B. Who is it, please? Mary B. Mary B. Okay, Mary B. Anyone else? All right. Let's go with Charles H. and then Nessa. Please, you're up, Charles. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. And I, I just want to, you know what, first of all, I want to thank you guys, man. Uh, Friday's meeting was just so powerful. I'm sorry to jump back, but I had to because I was just, you know, sometimes I just chill and kick back and, and meditate on, on, on powerful shares. And some newcomers, man, listened to it, and they were like, they were supercharged. So I just want to thank you guys. Um, but I want to drill down where it says, uh, prefers some other spirits. If uh, he prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. <clears throat> and prior to prior to um, working the water down. Me, I'm talking about Charles, me, yeah, me, working the watered-down process, working the watered-down tools. I try to force people to, (laughs) you know, that was insane right there. I try to force people to see it my way and and all of that, and my way will get get us both ran off the highway. So um, just for today, the humility. You know, I don't have any monopoly on God. You know, even when I share on the second step, I say higher power, group of drunks, uh, uh, good old donuts. You know, your own conception, man, because, you know, that's that's just sick 
Charles, what was wrong with you? I'm smacking myself in the hand now for doing that. Um, but I ain't know no better, right? So you don't know, you don't know. I don't have any monopoly on God, cause um, I tell you, my God used to be a a, a doorknob, opening the, you know opening the door to, to you know whatever I thought you know, and, and it's okay, cause my God uh it it, it it changed over over a period of time, so you know today. I have a few sponsees that have their own conception, and they don't even call their higher power God, and that's all right. You know what? The, the only thing is we work, through, we work through the program of action, and they'd be willing to do that, and that's it. Other than that, you know, have a nice day in a loving way. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Charles H. Okay, Nessa, you're up. Hi, good morning. My name is uh, Nessa and I'm a, uh, Mr. R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, when I chose my sponsor, I chose her because I, I wanted what she had, and I was willing to do what she did. And so I, I work on that assumption that when somebody asks me to sponsor them, they want what I have and are willing to do what I did. Um, and I have a story of, uh, of two sponsees. Um, one uh, did really well, worked the steps conscientiously, um, recovered, and, you know, um, she was having a really beautiful life despite her many, many mounting challenges. But then um, she lit up on this uh, spiritual program of action, and inevitably she got into the food and, and, and was having a really hard time staying abstinent and keeping abstinent. Um, and after a while, she decided that she wanted to try it her own way. She wanted to modify her own food plan. She wanted to modify her own program, not focus so much on the steps, focus a little bit on the tools. Um, and, you know, the, my only message to her was, listen, I know what worked for me. I tried this approach, and it never did, um, choosing my own food and choosing my own program. And it never worked for me. What worked for me was working the, the, the steps rigorously in, in all my affairs, according to the big book. Um, but if you want to do research, go ahead and try it. You know, like, I'm still going to be abstinent. I'm still going to be recovered no matter what you do. Um, she eventually left me um, and uh, has continued to struggle. Um, but, you know, if she thinks that she can do, do the job some other way, you know, my, you know hats off to her. Um, another sponsee, before she became a sponsee, um, was really reluctant to try things my way. She really wanted to find an easier, softer way. Um, she didn't want to uh, hold by a rigorous food plan. She didn't want to hold by a rigorous uh, program of, of, of spiritual action. And she found she couldn't do it. And then she finally asked me to sponsor her, and now we're working together. And so, you know, both, both cases tell me it is not my job to tell people what to do. My job is to be the program, to be the big book, to be the steps. Um, it's, it's attraction rather than promotion. Um, that's the, the only thing that, that we got um, to convince people. We have to live the principles of the program and let everybody follow their own conscience. And uh, with, uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Nessa R. Okay, Mary B., it is your turn. 
Hi, good morning. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. And I'm reading this if he thinks he can do the job in some other way. Oh, my goodness, I thought I could do the job in so many other ways. And I tried um, just about everything. Kept crawling back into the rooms and um, always with um, um, more weight and sicker than ever. And uh, it just, the disease just kept progressing as I wandered around. Finally came back and um, with the commitment never to leave again. But, however, when I was um, in OA and uh, could not stay abstinent, was off and on and off and on, I reached my top weight of 210 pounds in the room, going to meetings, and just unable to get the program. I left OA and went to another uh, food recovery program that was more structured and more disciplined, and I needed that. And But I did come to a place because I did not find the kind of recovery that we talk about on this line. I still slipped and slided around, and I left um, that program and went to one that was even more structured and disciplined. Had success in all of them. Um, I w- I've been in four. And here I am, you know, uh, full circle, back in Overeaters Anonymous since last September after calling this group and hearing what, what I've needed all of these years. But today, you know, I think when I was slipping and sliding and people were trying to help me, the one thing that they said that I hated more than anything was, Mary, maybe you have more eating to do. And I know it tells us that in the book, go out and try more, uh, more try to another drink and try it more than once. And, but I hated hearing that. I was so sick and I, I just wanted to stop but today, I, if I'm working with somebody who isn't staying abstinent, doing what I'm doing, I don't send them out to eat. I mean, that's their choice to go, of course, to go and do that. But I suggest, and um, since I've had the experience of so many, I believe I have that sixth sense of what this person might need to uh, to do, to do for a while, to do forever. I don't know, but I just suggest another recovery room. And um, thank you, thank you. Today, I uh, have a few people on this line. People I don't even know are calling me. I mean, people I don't even know are on this line are calling me. <laughs> who have heard it through someone else that I've told about it. So we never know. We just never know where our seeds are going to grow. But um, anyway, thank you. Thank you for your service, and thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. 
And thank you, Mary B. Okay, would anyone else like to comment on um, Melissa on King, King. Renata, Reva P. Okay, I heard, let's see, Renata, I heard, is it Melissa C? Yes. Melissa C. I heard Renata, oh. Melissa C, and I don't, there's a background noise. I, I, Reva P. Reva P. Reva P. And if we could gently just keep our um, phones muted, that would be very, very good. Okay, let me just go with Renata. Uh, Renata G, Melissa C. Renata, you're up. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G, Recovered Compulsory in New York. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. And, um, you know, I know for me, you know, uh, for me to be convinced to try this spiritual approach, right, this self-set, I had to first be convinced that everything else failed. I had to be out of ideas. You know, before I got to that point, I was not willing. I was still debating. I was still arguing. And... um you know, today when I sponsor, you know, I I really, like, I'm very happy to share my higher power with anyone because, you know, that's what got me restored to sanity. You know, I owe my recovery to my, to my God, and I don't hide that from anybody. You know, I make it very clear to everyone that I did not get myself recovered. You know, I got recovered by working these 12 steps and then establishing a relationship with a higher power, you know. And, you know, the part here that says we have no monopoly on God, like I'm not here to try to convince anyone. You know, my sponsor always told me that there are two things I cannot give a sponsee, and the two things are willingness and a higher power. And so, but what I do is, I make it very clear to them that this is a spiritual program and the whole purpose of working through the steps is to have a relationship with a power greater than themselves. And that power can be whatever they want it to be, whatever makes sense to them. So I have no monopoly on God that way. Like they don't need to believe the God I believe in. As long as they are willing to believe in some kind of power that is greater than themselves, and, you know, it's not human. So, you know, I think that's what this paragraph says here. At least that's what I get from it. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Renata. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn. And then it'll be Reva. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way, encourage him to follow his own conscience and you know what job um for me that job and for the people i seem to come into contact with it's very often weight loss um that's being referred to for me and i've had people who say um they're going to go back to weight watchers or jenny craig or even have the weight loss surgeries um very dear friend of mine did that and so if they feel they can get the job done in another way um then there's no way I'm going to try to sway their opinion. I'm going to continue um, working my program and doing what I do. Um, and perhaps they will have success elsewhere, but um, if they're like me, they won't. 
And um, I can continue to be friendly. And we compulsive readers have a lot in common. And since on some level they've already identified themselves as having my problem, I'm not offending them by labeling them as such. Um, and if they receive help and they get the job done, then wonderful. I've made another friend or I've kept another friend by not forcing, you know, my view down their throat. Um, but if they're not successful, then I can once again be uniquely useful to them without judgment or and I told you so. I, I think the being friendly thing here is very important. Um, you know, I can lovingly carry the message and I love that I don't have to have any points to make here. It's no longer all about being right or proving I'm right. If there is another way that's effective for my friends, then, then that was part of God's plan. Um, and I know how many times I came in in and out of the rooms of OA. And I knew I was a compulsive overeater, but I still had to keep on trying everything over and over and over again. And the best thing was that the fellowship was still there. It was still there for me each time I returned. There was another smiling face, a warm and great acceptance. I was welcomed back. And this may be all that a person needs right now, love and acceptance and freedom to try it another way. And, you know, if they're as sick as I am, um, the disease will convince them. Um, and that's that's what I have to say. Thank you. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Melissa C. Reva P., you are up. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, this paragraph um, speaks to me about the humility and wisdom in this program. You know, earlier in the book, I learned that if I am a real addict, a real compulsive overeater, that this is the only way that's going to work. And it gives me examples of people who tried other ways or didn't complete the step work and, you know, how the results were nil until I let go and just worked the steps. And yet, this paragraph tells me that I don't get to be this crusader, as it mentioned before, and I don't need to be pushy. I need to keep an open mind and have that um, gentleness that my higher power always has in all of his work um, so that, um, you know, this whole concept of whether this works for somebody, that's none of my business to decide. I merely convey a message, and if somebody wants it, great. If not, I move on. This paragraph also reminds me about, you know, an approach to a higher power. And that reminds me to keep an open mind that, you know, I had my journey and process and other people have theirs. And some people call their higher power one thing, some people call it another. And that's the process of developing a concept and relationship with the higher power is almost as individual as every person in this uh, program and for me it's almost like spokes on a wheel they all get to the same core and center but it can be achieved with many different approaches um, and the other thing this paragraph reminds me for myself is if I'm open about other people's journey and finding recovery finding a power greater than themselves that can uh, restore them to sanity physically emotionally um, spiritually um, I also need to be open to other ways that my higher power works. And yesterday, I um, 
was not indulging in very um, recovered behavior with my children and my husband because I assumed and I expected that God would work through them and give me support a certain way. And what somebody um, in program pointed out to me later when I made a phone call is that I was getting the support and the love, but in the way that they were able to give it, not in the way I expected. So I just find it fascinating that I can still put restrictions and blinders on my higher power for myself and for others. Um, So this is a good reminder, you know, um, there are many different ways that God works, and just keep keep my mind open to that so I can see it. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Reba P. Is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph before we move Penny on? Penny C. Sarah W. Anita J. Penny C. Sarah W. Lassa O. Anita Aaron S. Sally O. Was it, let me see, Penny C, Sarah, Anita J, Sa- uh, Sally A. Anyone else? Vasa O. Yeah, Vasa, that's who I heard. Vasa <laughs> O, and one more? Karen S. Karen S. Okay, let's Karen. go with, I'm sorry? Yeah, yes. Karen S, is that it? Yes. Okay, let's start with Penny C. Please go ahead, Penny. Morning, Janice. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from the Boston area. And uh, this, I'm reminded as I'm listening to people share about the time when I was uh, a lecturer in that national weight loss program that's already been mentioned this morning. And I went at trying to convince other people that this was the way to go and the difference with the same enthusiasm that I do now about following the big book and the 12 steps and and dialing into this meeting in the mornings. And, and what was different is that when I was a lecturer in that, that weight loss program, my only goal was losing weight. It was all about weight and nothing else. That that was that was it, and it didn't matter how I achieved that. And um, I've I've told my story before. I'm not going to go into it now, for the sake of time. But I was crazier then than than I've ever been in my life. But I stayed I stayed thin. So the difference now is that the 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 idea I have that I want to. Uh, bring to other people is that this is a spiritual malady and it's a spiritual um, um, resolution, a spiritual program. That's the only thing that's going to work if I have a spiritual malady. And, And it's a whole different way of going about it now. And I too, whatever anybody with when I'm working with other people or talking with with others, and they tell me they decided to go to another way of trying to lose the weight, then I just I just say maybe that will work for you. It worked for me for a while, and it did because all I all I was looking for again was to be thin. And so my goal is so much different now, and and I allow other people to come to that realization themselves and see 
what I do and what I'm like, and then ask me how I got there. So with that, I'll pass, and thank you, Janice. And thank you, Penny C. Sarah W., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision Field. Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I was thinking to myself, I've been listening to a lot of CDs and, and speakers lately, and one of the things that has come up for me uh, that that um, allies with what we're, what we're reading this morning is humility, and, and Penny mentioned it, and I have to uh, go back to the idea in my heart, because I learn the most from people that speak from their experience, and for me... My experience is that when I, when I did my fourth step, what I learned is that pride is my biggest, um, my biggest defect of character. And, uh, you know, Bill talks about it in the 12 and 12, and, and it's all over the place. And the reality is that really the opposite of pride is humility. And none of us get perfect with humility. And Bill is reminding us that we have to remember that we need to remain teachable, that we don't have it all, that we don't know it all, and I need to remember that every single day. And as was stated, you know, we have a 10-step because we continue to take personal inventory, because we continue to have issues. I mean, we don't get perfect with this stuff. And I was reading a little bit as far as the word conscience. You know, it says, encourage him to follow his conscience. And in the Big Book Dictionary, the word conscience, it says um, conformity to one's own sense of right conduct. And I don't know what someone else's conformity to their own sense of right conduct is. And I can't come from a, from a place of holier than thou. This is the only way. You know, I'm in another program, and many people that have been in, in other programs for huge amounts of time go go back to their religious beliefs and they just stay in those religious houses and that for them is their recovery and I cannot judge that that is not for me to judge it's not for me to judge how somebody else does their recovery I just have to do my own work and you know I used to think that if someone didn't believe the same way I did that one of us was wrong I don't do that anymore. Today what I can say is that this is my way. I'm open to hear your way, and I don't judge your way, but this is how I do it. And I am open to hearing other people's way, and with that I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Sarah W. Thank you, everyone, for keeping three-minute limit. Yes. Anita J., you're up. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Um, this paragraph, uh, we've been looking at it now since last week, and it is right where I am in my work with others. Um, it's the thing that I have needed to understand, and it has taken me a long time to understand. Uh I meet a lot of people. I cannot judge sincerity. There's no measure of it. I've been sincere in many things, trying to work this program for decades. So sincerely, I take, if you say you're sincere, fine. Okay, let's start. But um, at some point now, I see that 
not everybody can keep doing it because you need a little more than that. And it's this word desire. It's this desire uh, to find God. And this has been, I've been really blessed, really, since it'll be a couple more weeks and I will be back where I had the feeling that I was recovered in the middle of July of last year. And since then, I have met, and everyone I've sponsored has been via the vision for you. And everyone I've met, I'm pretty sure now, know that this is the point. It's to find God. People I've sponsored before, and me myself as a sponsor, never knew that was the goal. It was, it was the bridge was the goal. The abstinence was the goal. And uh, you could stay on that bridge forever if you could stay thin. And um, I, I'm actually now grateful that never worked for me, not not for very long. But this this way, you can't show it to somebody else. But if they can get that point to say, I'm going to take a chance on God, and why have a person now who actually said that? I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance. And I understand because um, if I'm taking a chance, I'm surrendering everything, not just three ounces of chicken, but everything, all the outcomes, all the outcomes for my children, my husband, myself, every decision to a power greater than myself, that is letting go of an awful lot. And that's the good and the bad news. Letting go of an awful lot like that freed me up, freed me up to see the world with new eyes and people with new eyes. And isn't that the most fantastic thought? And yet, not everybody can do it, at least not today. And I can certainly understand that um, because we have to trust that this higher power will give us you know, the ability to walk through anything. And some of it is going to be a very pleasant walk. You're going to want to linger. That's what I have found. And so I hope that more and more people will will read this book and take a chance. That's, that's all they have to try. And with that, I pass. Yes, and thank you, Anita J. Sally O., it is your turn. Sally A., <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, a vision for you. And um, Sally A. in South Jersey recovered from Pulsible Eater. And this is such um, powerful words that begin this paragraph that we're reading this morning. The first three words are very, very important for me. If he thinks that was my problem, that was my problem for so many years. I came to OA when I was 22 years old. It took me 30 years to, be, to get to the end of my thinking. My sick thinking got me in the mess I was in. And I just kept trying to figure it out, reason my way out of the, the, uh, the sinking mire that I was in. It wasn't until I stopped thinking and I simply let go of my thinking and I said, okay, my best thinking got me in this mess. Even in OA, my best thinking got me in this position. I've literally, how many times I can't tell you that I was in the quicksand 
and how many times I was out of the quicksand, but I was doing sort of like an Indian waltz around the, the quicksand, you know, within a foot of the quicksand, I was playing with food, even if I wasn't eating sugar and flour, even if I was abstinent from the more severe things, I was playing with other things. I had a jump rope in my hand, and I was skipping rope with all kinds of food. I wasn't severely honest. It says rigorous honesty. That's what it tells us, that we need rigorous honesty. The word rigorous means severe honesty. I wasn't ready to get severely honest. And I just kept doing that around that quicksand and then falling back into the quicksand and, and, and thinking in the mire and thinking, what is going on? Why is this happening? I'll tell you why it was happening. It's really simple. It's the first three sentences. If he, the first three words of this of this paragraph, if he thinks I had to divorce myself from thinking that I could figure it out, figure my way out of this quicksand, and even figure my way out of getting away from the quicksand, I had to once and for all stop thinking and let somebody else pull me away and out of the quicksand. If he thinks... If you think you can do anything when it comes to the food, try to remember that we have sick thinking. There is a mental aspect to this illness, and it will cause you to trip and fall back into the quicksand until you let somebody take a stick and let them pull you out and away from the quicksand. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. And thank you, Sally A. Vasa O. It is your turn. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. And thank you, Janice, for your service. And I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Massachusetts. And, uh, yes, I, again, working with others. I'm so grateful that somebody led me to the program, you know, worked with me at the beginning, you know. I guess when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Whatever I was doing, it wasn't working on my own. And I was uh, open and I was willing and I was ready to do whatever I took just to stop eating from this killing disease. And uh, I do the same thing. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences. I've made a lot of mistakes over the years, and I still do, you know. But it's better to do something than not to do anything about it. Uh, I had a woman came about a month ago, you know. She said, oh, can you sponsor me? Can I said, sure, I'll be very happy to help you. And so we went to the table and to the literature, and I gave, you know, I said, well, once you, this is the, you know, we gave her the newcomer's kid. I said, well, this is enough, you know, for now. She said, oh, no, I want this and I want that. I said, great, you know. So I called her, you know, just for so many days, how you doing and whatever, you know. And then I said, well, you know, it's your responsibility to call me now, you know. I'm not going to keep on calling you, you know. And then she didn't call. So about a week later, she didn't show up at the meeting. So a week later, I didn't call her back, you know. So I said, oh, are you reading your literature, what you bought, you know. She said, no, it's just sitting there, you know. I haven't touched it, you know. So I said to myself, you know what, if she's not ready, she's not going to be ready. I cannot convince anyone how to do this, you know. It has to come from their own, <clears throat> they have to reach their own, their own bottom like I did. 
And uh, again, you know, I'm not responsible for other people's recovery, you know. Yes, I do extend my hand, you know, but as I said, you know, it sounds like horrible to say this, but I will not chase people because I have wasted many, many hours and waste a lot of time on people that they didn't really want it, you know. And here I was trying to give them something. They wanted it, but they didn't want to work the they didn't want to do the work, you know. So I'm getting, it's much easier and it's better for me just to let go and let God, you know, God is in charge here, I'm not, and I just need to keep going with my own recovery. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. And thank you, Vasa. Oh, Karen, Karen S., you are up. Star one to one mute. We do not hear you, Karen. Perhaps she got lost or whatever. Is there anyone else that would like to comment? Santa. Who? Santa H. Oh, Karen. Karen. Okay. Um, Santa, if you wouldn't mind, let's have Karen and then you, okay? Karen S. Took me about 14 presses of Star One, (laughs) but here I am. This is Karen S. I'm a um, grateful and newly recovered uh, compulsive oil reader in, in Michigan. I am so interested in this paragraph, the, the two-handed kind of um, approach that, that Bill uses. First of all, he says, well, it, it's not in that order, but first of all, he says, we have so much in common, we compulsive oil readers, and indeed we do. But then on the other hand, he says, now everyone needs to develop their own concept of a higher power. Um, I love that uh, uh, that um, that connection and that sort of on the one hand and on the other hand. Um, and I want to I want to just speak a little bit to the um, amazing special edition of yesterday, where um, the, where Rena talked about about defining our own concept of a higher power. Um, and it, I think it's it's so important that that newcomers and new sponsees understand that that's that that's that's the option and that's the goal is this relationship with the higher power. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to um, be actually it was a it was a long weekend because I spent a lot of it with my 94 year old mother for whom I am a caregiver, um, and it's not an easy um, not an easy relationship and I found myself yesterday um, with a lot of anger um, just uh, over things that aren't and things that I wish were differently um, and I used the, some of the tools that Rena mentioned yesterday on that on that uh, special edition um, about about understanding our higher power and boldly um, asking for a higher power who can be what we need that higher power to be. And I think it probably changes from, from one day to the next. And, um, and maybe, maybe newcomers need to understand that, uh, that flexibility and the beauty of, of the, of the um, humility of, of this paragraph. Um, and I, so I say thank you to um, all on this meeting. I've heard some wonderful things today. Um, and with that, I pass. And thank you, Karen S. Glad you could get in. Okay, Santa. Santa H., you're up. 
please. Yes, good morning, visionaries, and good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And what I wanted to share on this paragraph that stuck out for me is the first two first sentence there where it says, if, we, if he thinks he can do the job some other way, and I love where it says, encourage him, encourage him, encourage him to follow his own consciousness. What comes for me when I read that, I think about what we read every day on his line on the last page of, of this section um, where it says, we only know a little. And so because I only know a little, I'm learning to shut up and speak little today. And so when I read this and I hear the word encourage him, that lets me know that I don't give my opinion. I don't even share my experience, strength, and hope unless the person wants it, especially if someone comes to me today and they're in another program because I'm now branching out and um, listening to other people's opinion of different aspects of OA so that I can begin to learn other people's perspective that I'm learning today to say, isn't that interesting? Oh, well, thank you for sharing that with me. That's a point of view I never thought of. I'm not today telling people, well, if I was you, this is what I do. This is what works for me. No. The book here is telling me to encourage them, especially in a paragraph prior to that. It says that they already read the book. we already done that part. So they're already aware of the process. And so for me today is I'm learning to keep my mouth shut and not give my opinion, not share my experiences, unless the person really wants to know. And if they want to share with me their way of doing things, I'm learning that this new approach is working for me is to keep my mouth shut and just to encourage them and thank them for what they have to share. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Santa. We do have about another minute or so. Would anyone like to wrap it up? This is Do. Do. Do well. Please go ahead, Do. Thank you. Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsive Overeater. I want to focus on that line where it says we have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that works with us. And, you know, going through from the beginning of this book, it goes to show that, you know, many people have tried many, many different methods. And, and it's okay. You know, a lot of people went to Dr. Soapworth and about 2% got recovered but not through, through this program. They got recovered through a spiritual experience, through their religious connections. And, and that was their approach. And that's okay. You know, we have no monopoly on God uh, on how people get recovered. However, it says here that we merely have an approach that works with us. I don't know about anybody else, but I try many, many different methods on how to recover. I tried Weight Watchers, well, not Weight Watchers, but I tried exercising, I tried the gym, I tried uh, inspirational books, I tried, you know, many, many different methods. Um, I even tried religion. It did not work for me. The approach that worked for me was this book, was these steps. And that's what this is talking about. It's the approach that we have today, you know, and the approach that I have is this 12-step program. You know, uh, when everything else failed, this worked. And if you're as severe as I am of a compulsive overeater and nothing else works, then we recommend this approach. And the approach we're recommending here is the 12 steps. 
And, um, and I'm so glad that, you know, we don't have a monopoly on God. Thank God for that. However, you know, I know that I'm a s- severe case, down, falling down, compulsive overeater, that nothing else, no other approach worked except this one. So I'm, I'm grateful to God that, you know, he's put this program in place for me. Um, you know, it says also that if, if, um, if he thinks he can do it another way, let him do that. You know, let him try it out. If, if, if that approach doesn't work for him, if he tries every other approach and it does not work for him, then we recommend this, you know, because this does work. And so, you know, um, I, I love what this says. It says, follow your own conscience and see where it leads you. You know, if you can get recovered without this program, fine, great, beautiful. However, if it doesn't, then come here. Come here and we will uh, enfold you in this program and we will help you out because it's, it's shown over and over that it's worked for all of us. And with that, I pass. And Padme, thank you so much, Do and everyone. Thank, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Terry H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Terry H., star one. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Terry H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maine. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Sorry, I couldn't unmute. It's Angela. Sorry. Hello?